each business, like we also as marketers and like in the industry, like for me, we are the people that should be the most responsible ones. Like the consumers, they like, we should try to shield them in a way. Like we need to be responsible. Like it's not about the customer uh, having to click unsubscribe, but it's about you not spamming the people and like respecting their personal space. So I really do think that the company, like it, the responsibility in the end should always fall on the company. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. It's been some time coming, but we finally get to speak with SMS Bump, a service we've been introduced to very early on Ecomonics. My guest today, Elena Kostova, and I get to discuss the importance of SMS marketing, how it's distinguished from email marketing, what the consumer comes to expect from texting these days, and what the future holds for communication. Elena and I share a lot of valuable information about why this essential tool needs to be integrated into your strategy, as soon as you can, really. Elena Kostova, it is good to have you here on Ecomonics. Uh, it's, a, it's an honor to finally have somebody from SMS Bump uh, on the program. Your, your, your company, uh, your service, along with Debutify, we've been doing a lot of work together, so it's great to be a part of that uh, larger conversation. Uh, so how are, you, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a really great pleasure. It's, uh, as you said, it's also great working with the whole uh, team of Debutify. I'm, I'm doing great today. It's... Um, Spring is coming soon, so like really happy to get more sunny days. Um, how are you? I, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I uh, for 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 listeners who tuned into our previous episode um, uh, with Farhada Hassan, uh, I got to do some housekeeping. So f- for those of you listeners who thought my nightmare with the drilling outside was over, it is not. Those wires are still hanging outside. So we'll continue this saga as long as it goes on for. Uh, also, I just want to say, I, I love that glass that you had. Uh, by the way, for audio listeners, if you're wondering if you've been betrayed, yes, you've definitely been betrayed. I know what this feels like. It's a video show now. We're all just going to have to get used to this. But can you show the glass to our uh, listeners for a second or to our viewers for a second? Because that is... You mean that the, is, this one? Yeah, that one. That is gorgeous. I've never, I've never seen it with that like... That's the really great thing about the glass. It comes with the bottle. So they're like oh. in one, like once you stop drinking, like you can close it up. And it really reminds me of when I used to travel to Italy, they always give you like one garrafa and with like really cute small glasses for water. So it's like, it creates a really nice feeling at home. We, 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 had, a, we had a glass like that. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story before we, uh, we get into this. So my, uh, my dad was trying to show us like a, this science experiment, or maybe he just wanted to light alcohol on fire. Maybe it was both. And so he has a glass very much like that, that, that same composition. And he pours the alcohol in it. It might've been, it might've been vodka. I just remember being very clear. It lights it on fire and, and, and it ignites and it's blue and we're all looking at it fascinated and it's beautiful. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And 10 seconds go by, boosh, the whole thing blows up and we all like, what? <laughs> so that's a great experience with alcohol. Like I think if, if I started the first time I had contact with alcohol with like something exploding, my, uh, student years might have been slightly different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible he was trying to warn me. Did it work? Some of the time. 
eventually it wore off and uh now i have i have like high school nostalgia for for jack daniels like i'm not i'm not a bunch of a drinker anymore i i I do rarely drink um there's plenty of other things to enjoy but with uh with jack daniels as soon as i open that bottle and i take it with i'm like ah summer of grade 11 going into grade 12 ah yeah takes me back it's like the memory so uh you are as i uh, basically i uh, gave uh, away to the audience is you know you're with a uh, sms bump but there's also like the the yachtful company which i have to say i don't know too much about so i will want to hear a little bit about the association with that um but we'll, we'll get to that first i have to ask you this not that it's a contractual obligation or anything i just i, I haven't not asked this question so i'm not going to stop now but tell us who you are and what do you do yeah, uh, so I'm Elena Kostova. I'm a product marketing manager at SMS Bomb. In other words, I can say like me with a really amazing and talented team of several other marketers, we manage the SMS Bomb part of the marketing. And because as you mentioned, um, we are now part of Yapo, of uh, this bigger family. So like we are kind of divided into different silos based on different products. So yeah. Uh, I work at the SMS Bump part. Now, was SMS Bump, uh, so it was, was it like bought or merged into Yako? Uh, we, we got acquired last year in February, I think. Yeah. Okay. I think it's important for uh, audience to understand some, some of how the industry is organized. Um, we don't have to get too much into what uh, Yako is, but I think it's important for people to understand that there are uh, larger companies similar to say like i don't know a phone company that has a bunch of brands that it works for or a media company that has a bunch of uh, uh, studios there's a lot of analogies none of which i'm formulating as accurately as they deserve but i tried so can you just give us like a quick rundown of what yapo was about as far as you are able to really of course of course so yapo start, uh, started several years ago as a review uh provider reviews provider um and it only grew from there. So right now, there are, I would say, more, maybe four main silos. We had review, we have reviews, we have UGC, loyalty, which was uh, also as part of an acquisition of the Swell companies. Some people might know it previously. And now with the acquisition of SMS Bump, they added an additional branch, which is SMS marketing. And the goal of the company is to create this 360 degrees platform for e-commerce marketers basically to find all the solutions on the one hand to have this full synergy of all the products to you know to just like enrich also like the customer data of the profile of your customers so like yeah basically what the dob is doing like i would say in terms of you know how a dob is for designers similar yeah yeah should be for marketers in the e-commerce ecosystem yeah, it's you know it's great that you bring up uh, Adobe because I have I have a long re- relationship with that particular software uh, or that company. Uh, when I was very young, only eight eight years old, yeah. I uh, legally acquired a copy of <laughs> Flash. Yeah, and I legally made uh, uh, cartoon content on it, and it was a great starting point because that unlocked my uh, creativity. Now, Macromedia was bought out by Adobe. And uh, Flash is now called Animate, at least to everybody else. I refuse to call it that, except by accident. So what I, from a business model perspective, and the reason, most important reason to bring this up is that it presents the customer with really the ultimate value proposition. Um, I subscribed to like the full creative suite for a couple of years, and 
I, I did the math as best I could because I'm actually abysmal at math. But if you use at least four of however many uh, pieces of software are there, the, you, you make your money back. And so what I would wonder about is, is there like a, a parallel or of the creative suite where there is a way to just get all of the services all together with like a one-time, uh, or, um, I don't know, a yearly subscription fee or whatever. So in that way, it's really up to the user to maximize their value as best they can. Yeah, uh, that's definitely that we look at for the future. Like still we are trying to ramp up all the different products uh, and like to increase the synergies and to create like really kind of, you know, all in one product uh, for this to be possible. So we're sure to provide with the best experience to the customer. But yeah, this is, to, like, I don't want to speculate, but I ultimately, this is how I think the things will go down. Like once we really create those really strong synergies across all the different products. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it is a value driven industry, right? So any opportunity to give people that kind of opportunity is, is, is worth addressing at the very least. All right. So let's shift to SMS bump. Now we've talked about this on the program a couple of times. In fact, it was one of the first things I talked about when I had the Ecom King, like way back, like episode three, four, somewhere around there. Again, not math, not strong suit. And so we talked about it, but we haven't had somebody with the company give us like the formal introduction for it. So I think we should do that. So tell us what SMS Bump is about. And also, uh, while you're at it, also tell us uh, a bit about how it started and like how, as much as you can really, uh, I identified um, its ability, like the difference between sending text messages and not sending text messages as far as uh, as far as you're aware because no one person is like the be all end all historian on the subject like uh, I, I just wanted to make a joke that maybe one hour wouldn't be enough but um, i'm just kidding um <laughs> when we get to the hour we can uh, we can stretch <laughs> yeah yeah um so um sms bump is an sms mark, uh, marketing provider for shopify and e-commerce businesses we basically help merchants recover abandoned carts uh, create meaningful relationships and actually boost sales essentially all through uh, SMS messages. Basically how SMS marketing works is like in two different uh, like in two different areas. So on one side you have the automation part, those are the so-called trigger-based messages, made be via automations or flows. Flows are just more complex auto, uh, automations where you can set a, a, lot, a lot of different rules and like, you know, create what if scenarios. And that's basically the I would say the most ROI driven part of SMS marketing because it's based on a direct customer action. For example, customer abandons a cart, they receive a message. They make an order, they receive a like, you know, like a thank you message or like, you know, order confirmation. Um, so these are like the really ROI driven uh, part of the messages. But then also we have the one off messages, which is like the most traditional. Um, SMS marketing, so so-called campaigns, where like you have a product launch or a sale, or you want to announce something to all of your audience or to a specific group of people, and then it's like you know you send a simple one-off message. This is this is basically how what SMS marketing is all about. Uh, and in terms of how the company came to be and it's um, how we grow and how we came to what we are now. I think in uh, 2017, um, Mikhail and Georgi, the two co-founders, actually started it as a little bit of a side project. Uh, they tried to solve a particular problem of a customer of not being able to reach their customers with emails. Like they were really ineffective. So they started like to researching 
to see what other channels of communications there are. And then they came to this really traditional uh, method SMS and they just decided to you know start launching all the transactional messages uh, on SMS as opposed to email and they actually saw that a lot of people were actually uh, open like reading them like clicking through them so they saw actually attraction there and this is how the idea actually came to be like from just a really simple case from uh, one particular customer and I think once uh, when they actually started uh, really seeing that the industry, like SMS is a really viable channel to reach and it's really like the industry is also ready for it was I think around 2018 when um, they started seeing more and more uh, merchants, uh, merchants pur purchasing the app, using it and like seeing the interest into it. And um, yeah, this is how officially SMS Bomb was created. Uh, and yeah, fast forward to last year when one, uh, when we got acquired and also like I think last year was also the year of SMS I would say as a channel like uh, in 2019 still a lot of people were unsure what if this is a really vi viable channel or this is just like the old spam from the 2000s that we a lot of people know about but I think in the like last year the 2020 it was like with the COVID and everything, people realized it's a really good channel. It's a cost-effective channel. Like the benefits of always sending messages at the same price, because I think for me, that's mm -hmm. the key. Like, you know, with Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google ads, they're great in reaching your customers. They're great of enriching your customer base. But the problem is holidays come and you see skyrocketing, um, click, uh, skyrocketing cost per uh, click or cost per install whatever you your product is whereas with sms you have the stable like no matter if it's black friday or it's just a normal tuesday you you still pay uh pay the same amount for your messages and i think that's what a lot of customers actually started to appreciate and just the higher adoption by the end customer like just normalizing the fact that mer merchants are reaching and talking with their customers via sms um, really kind of exploded the industry. Like we're seeing more and more competitors uh, joining and like um, trying to get piece of the cake. So yeah, I think I think that's the history of it, of it in short. I hope it was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I picked up a couple of uh, points I wanted to raise uh, out of that. So one of them, there's a through line that uh, I've identified over a lot of the people that I've talked to is that no medium ever truly goes out. I, I could be more consistent on this. I'm pretty sure I've said radio died a number of times, but I think I've also said that radio died and then was resurrected. And I think one time I said radio was actually a phoenix. Uh, then there's times where I've said that radio has evolved and what we're doing now is is radio. I, I definitely see myself as a, as a radio guy. Sorry, I haven't had a really tried my radio DJ voice. Whoa, welcome to Ecomotics. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. Okay. <laughs> So text messaging, it doesn't have the same archaic perception that some of these other mediums had uh, because people are sending out postcards, <laughs> different parallel entirely. People are making music on vinyl. And what's funny is that vinyl actually like is superior song quality, which I didn't see that one coming. But getting back to uh, marketing, uh, I had uh, John Cristani, uh, who's a, a superstar marketer, and he realized that there was an opening for TV ads. And 
you know, you have like generations coming up right now who don't even have TVs, right? They're just doing everything. They're just watching everything on their phone. So it's, it's always, I, I think what happens is the perception that a particular medium dies is only because the market has expanded so drastically that the particular market share of that medium, some of it has diminished. People do move on to other ways of communication, but the core is still there. It's just, it becomes smaller in the grand perspective because there are other ways to message people now. I think Facebook messaging, I guess WhatsApp is still basically texting, but you know, some people have WhatsApp on their computer. So it's, it's funny to me that like text messaging is a midway point between it's, it's still a contemporary medium. It's, it's obviously it's digital, but it's also not the latest revelation in, in communications and media. I don't even know what the latest revelation is. I think at this point, it's just people sending TikToks to each other or someone to make like a 15 second video and then they send it to the friend and then he sends them a picture to TikTok and then they're having like a TikTok conversation. Uh, and, I'm, and I just want to throw up at the, at the thought of that, not because I'm against it, just the idea of following that would make me dizzy. So that's all well and good. What I also noticed is when you said that the cost is consistent, that is huge. Because as you were saying, trying to reach out to other customers, especially during uh, critical times in the holiday season, Facebook advertising, Google advertising, price uh, skyrockets. However, there is uh, one uh, sticking point, which is that with SMS, it's remarketing. So I don't think there is a, a, a top of funnel. Uh, but you can correct me if I'm right or if I'm wrong about that, where there, I don't think that there's a way to send text messages to people who have not shown some level of interest yet. Like they have to at least come to the website. Maybe they put something into the cart and then they abandon it. Hence the abandoned uh, cart recovery. So am I, am I right about that? Or is, okay, actually, here's a better way to ask the question. How early on in the funnel is, uh, is text marketing actionable? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. And Thank you. It took me a while to get there, but I got there. <laughs> uh, and actually, as, as you mentioned uh, yourself, it's really correct to say that it, this is remarketing channel. SMS is also a consent-based channel, meaning that you cannot just go on and like send messages to whoever you think of, like you know, just type in some random numbers and hope for the best. No, this doesn't work like this here. It's a highly regulated industry. Also, because as text marketing and like it's sent to your personal phone number. It's a really personal channel. Like that's why it's like, there are a lot of roles that needs to be, you know, taken care of and compliance is like a really big part of it. I'm sure that everyone who has started with SMS marketing, they at least once in their lives heard about the TCPA compliance. Um, so no surprise here. Um, it's really, I would say it's definitely maybe middle of the funnel. Uh, part of the like if you, you know if you have the funnel let's say it's really in the middle of the funnel just because it's uh you should have like you should have had already a first touch base with the brand like be it via ad or be it via the website like of course there are a lot of different ways to collect subscribers and like leverage all those different channels but they should have reached through your, to your brand uh already for them to convert into subscribers and how is uh, text uh, marketing, um, by the way, I don't actually know if it's called text marketing. I just think that's like a, a, a fundamental way of saying it. Uh, how is it compared to uh, email marketing? Because I think both of them have a lot of similarities. Um, you don't, re I guess you do, but you don't, I, as far as my experience goes, I don't really get emails from companies that I haven't already 
touched base with or purchased from or even shown interest in. So there, there seems to be a lot in common between those two. But how, how have you seen the two stack up? Where Have you seen like strengths and weaknesses in text messaging versus email marketing? Yeah, I, uh, to be honest, I think they, they, go, they go really well hand in hand. Like a lot of people say, okay, but I have... Uh, like, you know, I have an email marketing pro uh, program. Why do I need SMS? And for me, it's just, just like the two channels serve very different purposes. Like uh, SMS is really direct and like it's uh, those like, you know, you have a single intent, you have a single reaction. So basically, for example, if you abandon a cart and you want the customer to react fast, then send them a message. This is much faster way to approach to people. Like studies show that SMS messages are open within the first three minutes. But at the same time, SMS is a really short media. Like this is all about being brief, straight to the point. You you want them to do something, you just say it within you know two hundred words. That's it. Whereas with email, this is where you can actually show more of your brand, to talk about your bigger purpose. You know, like if even if you, for example, are launching a really big collection and you want all the people to see then email is the, the right channel to do this. Like email, like, you know, it's much lengthier. It's like, you can put the branding, you can be inspirational there. I think it's just, people need to use those two different channels together, but also like for different purposes, uh, as I said, like with trigger-based messages work definitely, maybe, maybe someone uh, might correct me here, but for me, they work much better um, on sms but when it comes to like you know those big launches like the welcoming people and like talking about your bigger purpose then definitely go for email there right and I'll, and, and and content too like i i if i get an email it could be a, a whole newsletter it could be a blog post that's just repurposed into a, an email whereas if i get that in a text message i'm like i barely read the messages sent by my mom i don't know how much i'm gonna scroll through this so I'm also going to ask you something about my own personal experience with this because I've been the recipient of, of text marketing. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of like uh, take a, a look at and where like my what my message history is like. My, my text messaging uh, has certainly evolved from when I first used it. So I think at the very first text messaging, it was really just like people I knew that were texting me. Whereas now, um, here's what kind of messages that I get. Uh, my FIDO code, uh, uh, codes from Uber, uh, an Amber Alert. Uh, hope, hope she's okay. Uh, we have uh, WhatsApp codes, a e-transfer, um, Crystal, who I haven't talked to in years, two years. Um, <laughs> uh, this is the Conservative Party of Canada. Like, can you support the Conservative Party? I'm like, well, I haven't had a look at the platforms and I'm currently undecided. There's a whole like running joke where people would like post like, somebody would get a text message from the conservative party and people would respond back, screw you conservatives. Got them. Whereas I'm just like, well, you know what, if you give me, give me a second, uh, I would just have a look at it. Uh, what I wanted to do in preparation for this is I wanted to look through what is the, f like if I start from the bottom and work my way up, where, when will I see a, uh, a text message being marketed to? And I, I go back quite a ways here. Um, so the first one that I have is from uh, Long and McQuaid. Uh, which here in Canada is a well-known uh, music store. So this is a local business that's using text messaging to, well, it's local, but they have a company, they have a bunch of chains, so they send these things out in aggregate. My experience with text messaging has changed uh, dramatically, as I say. It used to just be like people. And I can do this one of two ways. I can, I can be like kind of uh, conniving and I can say, 
are these things kind of like lowering people's perceived value of text messaging? I could do that because I think that's a fair question, but I'm going to do something a little bit more, I think, productive, which is ask, unless you have a fair answer to that, by all means, go ahead, knock yourself out. But I think a more fair and positive question is how can the text messaging elevate itself to the level of being messaged by my friends, being messaged by my parents and kind of like being on more of a parallel with those. Um, and one of the other thing I'll say too, before I, I let you have at it is that like, when I get a message from my mom, I got a picture, I got the phone number, it's turned into like, it says ma. So it's a very personal experience of getting a message from my ma, right? So th there, there's definitely a disparity between the feeling that I get getting messages from companies versus that. So uh, go ahead. Let me know what are some of the challenges you face in that sector. Okay. So if I need to paraphrase, your question is when and how can SMS marketing or text marketing get more personalized and reach to the personal level that we have with like by chatting with friends or family? That's great. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, the just the next great question. Um, Thanks. Uh, what I would say is, like, currently there are some changes happening, especially in the states, that really go into that direction. Like in general, the whole industry. I would say up until now, everyone was a kind of a newbie in uh, with SMS marketing. It was all about you know sending generic campaigns to everyone. Like maybe sometimes not even like using personalized things like first names, like store names, like just like you know, hey, we have a sale, fifty percent off. Here's the link. That's it. Like this would be like the most common, like you know, some of the most common messages that we'll see. But now with uh, also higher adoption from the customers, like. They also started to become also more picky on like you know what they convert on, and now definitely personalization is a really big trend and topic around the industry. Uh, one of the like one of the things that are like currently changing, especially in the uh, U.S. market, is like the I don't know if you have heard, but like the ban of the shared short codes. So people like if before you'd receive. Um, you, like you know you'd see the same number but multiple messages from multiple brands this uh can no longer happen basically the u.s providers i think it was at&t and t-mobile are like strongly advising against it uh so now more and more brands start to move to personalized phone numbers uh like also i hope that uh this show is launched in several weeks when this is going to be already announced but we are also like we're working in like it's also industry standard that people would be able to send their contact cards to their customers uh so you know like the first message you'd receive would be hey welcome to our club but also by the way this is our phone number save it in your phone with and you can pull the picture of the brand your brand name and then this is also like in your personal phone number which is a, a great first step to personalize it and then just uh, like as the next steps is just a matter of like good segmentation using the right short code. So like things like using always the first name, trying to segment people based on what they purchased last. So for example, if you have three products in your store and you know that that, that person bought, I don't know, like a suitcase, they'll, you know, add this to your copy, say, hey, did you like the suitcase? By the way, we just launched also this, you want to take a look at it. So like trying to use those like better segmentation to make also the message much more personal. I think that's like uh, a, a lot of the direction a lot of brands are starting to go towards too. So I think it's definitely going there. I, I wouldn't say that it's gonna happen from today to tomorrow, but it's definitely a process that is like 
in a strong pace. Mm -hmm. Okay, this one might be a, a sillier question, but I think there could actually be a, a, a nugget of uh, a value to this, which is when you look at the major phone companies, they're the ones that are basically charging the money for users to send messages to one another. Uh, then you get your phone plans and stuff like that. Whereas with um, uh, text marketing, it's part of the industry and the desire is to um, uh, you know, convert and reconvert customers. So there's a monetary transaction there. Have the, have the major phone companies uh, had any issue with the fact that these are text messages used as a means to generate revenue versus a, a personal um, a personal dialogue between people who are just friends or family? Short answer would be like the simple answer would be no, but as I said already, like it's a really highly regulated industry. So like what they're trying to do is just to make sure that people know that this channel is going to be used by brands for commercial means. So for marketing means, like you have all those compliant texts. So like, you know, it's not like with email, if you want to sign up for the email address, usually you see the text hey, we're going to send you a, a, like a newsletter, you know, like one sentence, that's it. But if you look at a, like, a like SMS compliant brand, like you see, for example, in the checkout, they have those long texts there and they're mandatory for all the pop-ups or keyword subscriptions, all the subscription methods, you have a really explicit wording, which is saying, hey, you leave your number, but we're going to use it for marketing purposes. And uh, this is how the, yeah, basically the mobile operators try to make sure that um, each customer is really aware of what's happening. Each customer knows that they're gonna be remarketed, they're gonna receive promotional messages. Um, so definitely they're okay with it, but it's, as I said, it's highly regulated. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, uh, one thing, not to get like too far into the uh, political ramifications of it, but uh, corporations are supposed to be legally regarded as entities. They're like technically people mm -hmm. um, in doing so it uh, alleviates the ability. It, it takes the pressure off the people running the company that if the company itself goes bust, that the people are not held financially liable for it, which uh, again, trying to avoid my, uh, my, my, my conniving self, the, the positive side to that is that it does allow people to actually conduct their business and not be so reluctant to take risks because if they take a risk and it doesn't, pan out uh, the company absorbs the losses and the damages you don't want to know that it, ru it ruins somebody's life you want to encourage people to take uh, take risks because that's how society moves forward but that, that's all, all that aside i do think it's interesting that this heavy regulation is not something that they would do to a person but even but even if a corporation is still legally regarded as a person anyways it actually should be uh, less regulated on principle but again that's the political uh, ramifications. I just thought that that was an interesting uh, tidbit that I uh, I observed personally. I'll move on to my next question, but did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Uh, no, I, I just wanted to say that it's a really interesting way of uh, seeing the things because for me, um, each business, like we also as marketers and like in the industry, like for me, we are the people that should be the most responsible ones. Like the consumers, they like, you know, like, we should try to shield them in a way like we need to be responsible like it's not about the customer uh, having to click unsubscribe but it's about you not spamming the people and like respecting mm -hmm. their personal space so i really do think that the company like it, the responsibility in the end should always fall on the company mm -hmm. I, I i agree with that and i and i think it's the same it is very similar with uh, emails too that if somebody is constantly getting emails and the overall uh, content is just not 
there, uh, then they get burnt out by it. And also me personally, I got burnt out on email uh, marketing altogether because I was getting so many emails from so many different companies that I just went on this like unsubscribe spree, right? Just unsubscribe to like a bunch of companies. Um, quick, quick story. So there's this, uh, nerd convention called fan expo, uh, here in Canada. There's in, in, it's like Comic-Con in the States and fan expo was uh, email marketing to me and I hit unsubscribe. And then they send me another email. I think what they did is they had like several different variations of it so they can constantly do it. And so I hit unsubscribe again. Another week goes by. A different Fan Expo, like Fan Expo North or, or, or Fan Expo After Dark, they, they, they send me an email too. So by the fifth one, I contacted them and said, please, for God's sake, stop sending me these emails. I can only unsubscribe so many times. That actually worked. So, <laughs> so there are limits to uh, to our, our uh, consumer patients, and I think a lot of that really is the company. The companies understand that if somebody, I would say, let's just say they they purchase like a, a high ticket item, like jewelry. I don't think they're going to go get jewelry every day. Whereas if somebody is, um, I don't know, let's take a Walmart or it's like a, a big box retailer, there's incentive to go there maybe every week because there's always something different to pick up. Maybe the spatula broke, or whatever. I guess some people do go to big box retail to get the jewelry, but that's not uh, neither here nor there. So my next question is about communicating back from the customer side is have companies <laughs> had customers like respond to these text messages? Uh, and if so, how are they dealt with? Or do you have somebody, is there like a software uh, where they can respond to them sort of like intercom where they can just, answer text messages back or is it always is it mostly a one-way street just how, how do how does the dialogue go both ways so uh sms marketing is a two-way channel meaning that uh once you send out a, a message to your customers of course they can write you back that's uh like it happens a lot of times and actually we just uh, were analyzing the data and we realized that uh in 2020 compared to 2019 uh, the message replies from customers actually increased uh, with four times, which is, I would say it's a quite big of an increase. Um, and it was really interesting to see that, you know, more and more uh, customers started to perceive this as a, like, you know, like as a really viable two-way way, uh, channel for communication and how it works, it can pay out on two different ways. So in one way you receive this inside of uh, the SMS bomb software, like you have a, a separate menu which is called chats and then there you see your replies you see your full, full customer profile so you know whom you actually like you know chatting with and basically it works as if a chat just the communication is uh, you know in the end of the day like you, you still chat but like the customer receives this as a text message uh, but also why what you what customers can do uh, what merchants can do is just to connect it with let's say gorgeous uh, zendesk um Reamaze or like all those uh, customer support platforms and just you know feed all those messages to their like to that to this system. Their their support agents can simply reply their like you know text back. And the great thing is, although it's it's still reported and everything works through Gorgeous, the people won't receive an email, but they would receive the text message. So like for the end customer, you have a you know single point of uh, entry or single single point of communication with the brand. But for the brand, the great thing is they don't need to switch from platform to platform. They can do everything in this one uh, help desk, which is, which I think it's a like the optimal experience for everyone. So uh, for our audience, 
um, a lot of our audience are people uh, like me who are, uh, well, actually, I should, I, I wouldn't want to uh, assume anybody is like me. It's, it's not doing very many people very many favors, but I'll, similar to me in that they are entering e-commerce. Um, I have my, you know, I have my own store. Um, I just sorted out like who my supplier is going to be starting to get my, my product working. Uh, I got to sort out advertising. There, there's a lot to deal with. So for, for people in just like their starting point, um, when can they uh, integrate it? I do know that there's a free service to start and you just pay for the messages you send. Um, so when would you recommend that people onboard, uh, this, uh, this product? Well, I'm, I'm a person of numbers. So truth to be told, it, like when it makes sense for um to integrate or like you know to jump on the, like a it's a, a paid plan where you can for example leverage all the integrations all of the you know more advanced features is when you start seeing like making money out of it like a monthly the minimum monthly subscription is like twenty dollars if you see that on month you're making thousand it's a very small investment to make to make i think it's also about how you, what platforms you're currently using so if, for example if you're using you know a lot of like you have review system you have your loyalty system you have your email system and you want to connect them all together so if your goal is to be really coherent in your marketing and you want to uh, use sms for a lot of the messages that you're sending across the different platforms then it makes sense to connect connect them all together but if you're just starting up like you know you don't you have let's say less than 100 subscribers you're still figuring things out you're still also figuring your product offering because i know in the beginning it's also about finding the right product for your business uh then i would really say that stick like start with the free like see how it goes figure out what automations work for you and once you feel comfortable with the app and with sms marketing then it's it then it's the right time to upgrade like you know to start using flows to start integrating to open up the chat so all those things are i feel i feel it also like for a merchant they happen naturally like you just start like understanding the platform because i think in the beginning it's just like everything is new like there's so many things to you know to take in and you don't want to like overwhelm the you don't want to overwhelm yourself like i think it's for merchants it's good to give themselves time to just like explore and like test different things and uh just see what works best for them. Right. And it, you know, it, it comes down to the, the very simple premise is sell a product um, or even more simply than that, solve a problem for somebody. And yeah, I, and I think, and this has happened to me too. It's, as you say, things can be overwhelming because there are so many uh, products and services and offers. And, and, and we, I, myself, you know, I, I get a lot of advice from a lot of people. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of that all uh, comes together and, I, I guess it is also important for people to understand too, is this a marketing channel that I feel is right for my brand? Um, I think for the most part, it's, it's pretty solid. Like I think for the most companies can use it in some way. If um, if the Conservative Party Canada can use it, if Long and McQuay can use it. For the record, people, I'm not like uh, anti-conservative or anything like that. Um, uh, my voting record is very sporadic. But there are obviously a lot of different organizations and a lot of different people use it. So I, I definitely think it's worth thinking about how can uh, I, and I, I use it in a way to augment the rest of my, my marketing strategy because then you know, I want to integrate emails, uh, you want to integrate affiliate and all of that. Um, so that's all really well and good. So I think the last thing that I, well, there might be like a couple of other things, but the last thing that I want to know is also 
the just where like manual stops and automatic starts because i think some of the automation is like as you were saying earlier if somebody puts a product into their cart and then they stop i'm not like hunched over my computer like a hawk waiting for them to do that that's an automation so yeah can you just like uh, let us know about some of the other automations that we can use yeah of course and uh, by the way i want to I even would like to change your words because you said where manual starts and uh, automation stops, uh, like when menu stops and automation starts. I'll say it even with SMS marketing, it's the other way around. Like what uh, what most of the people do is just like, you know, set up the compliance, turn some automations on, wait a bit, start like, you know, see what's happening. And only then they would feel like, okay, let's end the campaign. Let's maybe do this. The automations part is, I think it's like, pretty self-explanatory basically what i think it's like a, also like an industry standard is like basically you you have those standard auto, uh, automations i would say like the win back flow or like the win back automations depending on how you like to do your marketing uh the browse abandonment um and the upsell flows are the three i would say most um frequently used automations and how it works is Usually we have preset texts, we have the preset triggers and everything. You just need to activate it. If you feel if you feel that you want to personalize it and add your own brand to it, your own personal voice, then of course you can just like edit the text. But like once you activate it, the messages are gonna start uh, automatically uh, triggering and like you know sending out to the customers once they kind of touch upon that trigger. And um, yeah, it's just like as long as you have money in it and subscribers. They'll just run. That's uh, that's that's how it, how it works. Um, but what I would like to advise also people is to um, like once they're starting, depending on lo your location. So I think in the states uh, and uh, in Canada as well, like customers are really used to receive text messages and marketing related messages. Uh, they're like for sure go with those three ones. But for example, in Europe, in Australia, where people are um, still like getting used. Uh, for this being uh, for SMS being a, as a generic a marketing channel, I would say try to mix up uh, the marketing and transactional messages. So, for example, you know, let the first uh, message fr from you be like a confirmation about their purchase, like you know, like something with tracking numbers. So it's really easy to track straight from their phones. Uh, maybe add an abandoned cart. Let some time flow, and then maybe in the month add an additional uh, automation. So don't don't overwhelm people all at once with activating ten automations at a time. I feel that especially in more novice markets, it can scare people off. So like try to be mindful and like you know do it step by step. Yeah, as as I'm hearing this, and I'm just thinking about how I would use this. I think my strategy would be to start with the very very end of the funnel because at that point my assumption is that the customer has moved down the funnel quite a bit just on my own yeah. and so it's right right at the very end they're just about to convert and then they don't do it and that might be for me i can see that would be like the first place to use it because i've put so much work into getting the customer to that point to lose them at that moment would be the time where okay was it 99 cents one more one more chance okay you know <laughs> that that makes sense so that's great. Uh, so I think I think our audience has a has a lot to, to ponder over. Um, and, but while I've still uh, got you here, I usually also want to hear more about like how you like you know you you got yourself. Uh, I almost made it sound like it was like a trap. Like how'd you how'd you get yourself into this? Uh, so what was your what was your work background like? And you know how did uh, e-commerce uh, make its way into your your worldview? 
actually I had like I'd say two turning moments in the e-commerce. So first, like in the university, we were working with a company called Vecamp. It's a big uh, Dutch retailer. And we had to work, we had a project to work on their website to help them convert, like optimize the conversion rates because they were like seeing that a lot of people go there but not end up making a purchase. But as part of that project, we actually were invited into their distribution center where I actually get to see how much more there is to e-commerce because you know like we as an end consumer you think okay like you know they have this big space they send me shoes or whatever and you know that's the end of the story but uh when like when once we arrived at the distribution center realizing that like everything was uh automa automated like you had robots like picking the different items everything was automatically sorted like almost there were almost no humans and i realized how how much there more there is to e-commerce like it's a really innovative industry it like creates the best out of technology the it the marketing and also because e-commerce is you know ever changing like because of consumerism like whatever works today won't work tomorrow so you see that in it's like for me it's one of the most industries that you can work in like every day there's something new and this is how my interest in e-commerce sparkled and about like SMS bump and like getting myself into also the SMS marketing niche as a marketer, I was when when I heard that there was an opening for the position, I was really curious because it, like in, in the university, you don't even talk about SMS as a marketing channel. It's like you know, it's like something like old people would text, but like as a youngster, you just like use WhatsApp, Viber, like uh, Facebook Messenger. So it's Viber. Was, I don't. I don't even hear. I never. I don't even know what Viber is. I've never heard really? that one. It's uh, yeah, no. in Eastern Europe. It's uh, okay. Quite known. By the way, for me, they from the messaging apps. They're one of the most innovative ones. They were the first to put ads there. They have promotions and like in apps. Like I think after WeChat, I think it was called the Chinese platform. Uh, this is the second most innovative communications platform uh, in terms of you know innovations in bringing all of the tools into one. But uh, what I want to say is like, for me, SMS was like, okay, I didn't even believe that can be effective. And once I got into the company and seeing the great results that people actually get with uh, SMS marketing, I was like amazed. I was, for me, it was like a, um, a little bit of, you know, of fresh air because mm -hmm. like two years ago, it, it like you'd always talk about Facebook, uh, Google ads, like, you know, all those uh, paid ad channels. And um, I really liked it and also, what I would like to say is that what I personally really enjoy is because it's a, it's an old channel and now it's kind of being brought back and what I like and I'm sure also all the competitors in the industry get to enjoy is that we help a lot of merchants, to, we help to educate a lot of merchants on how to uh, do SMS marketing right and for me this is actually what really drives me and motivates me because no, like we're not into those established industries like with email marketing, like everything there is to know in email marketing is already written out. Everyone like knows the basic rules of email marketing. Like a lot of people still get to it, but like, you know, it's like basically there isn't that much new things there. Whereas with SMS, it's just like now being in the growing phase and it's like really motivational to uh, yeah, help merchants and like unveil this as how it can work for them. Mm -hmm. Me, I've always been a, a big proponent of format. So a couple of examples of this. Um, one of the things that I was drawn to on Twitter 
is that Twitter imposed a character limit. And then they increased the character limit. I think it's like 250 now or something along those lines. And I noticed my interest had changed quite a bit because when I think the limit back in the day was like 124 characters, they compelled the user to adopt a certain writing style. It made us think more about the value of each word. Um, we would still have to provide a complete thought, but those thoughts had to be um, well-constructed and each word really had to have more value to it. Um, it's still true with twice the character count, but like it's tangibly less true because now there's more words to use. Um, Facebook is another example. Initially, uh, for me, the format of Facebook to me just seemed like like a living yearbook where it would be a way to commemorate memories. It would be a way to post photos and kind of like reminisce about things happening in the past. Um, this is me like signing up for it in high school. And so when I would send messages to people, there was always that air of, you know, it, it was great doing this thing with you on this day. Uh, hopefully we get to do something like that in the future because there was no expectation that people would check their messages for around weeks, maybe months. And over time, the format of Facebook changed. And now it's everything, right? Like now I think, I think Facebook has, has like therapy. Like people can like go to go counseling sessions. That was a joke, but I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the line they do that. What I noticed with text messaging is that the format has been consistent the entire time. It is just sending text messages. Now, granted, you can send images uh, that, that cost data. So, okay, there's a, there's a slight variance to it. But even so, text messaging is also a self-limiting format because of people's patience. I, I'm only going to read so much uh, uh, content. Like if, if sometimes my friends and I like will like we start having lengthier conversations. Like I'm okay. You know what? I'm going to go do other things first, and I'll come back to it. I would say actually like one of the biggest changes in text messaging or messaging in general are those check marks that let the other person know that they read the message. Because once I've communicated that I've read the message, now all of a sudden I'm it's changed my behavior. And I'm like, okay, well now he knows, and if he knows that I know that I know that he knows, and I got to send this message. So. Uh, let me let me pose this to you in a question. This is very broad, kind of like opinion based, so uh, you don't need to like uh, feel pressure to be the authority on this. But is there anything to the format of text messaging that you'd like to see change in the future, or do you feel like text messaging is like it's good to go? Nothing. We don't really need to fix anything here. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, for a disclaimer, what I'm gonna say, it's my personal opinion. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. The format, like seeing what's happening now in the industry. I think the format would move also, like, would evolve, I would say, a little bit and, like, have a little bit more of a color in terms of not only being able to send those, you know, limited amount of characters, but also seeing how youngsters communicate, like, things like Clubhouse popping up and TikTok, as you mentioned, I think it would start allowing uh, and, like, be much more flexible in terms of audio content and video. Um, this is what I I assume would happen just because it's a uh, it's there is already a change in the way we communicate. Like you see, like people are now so lazy to type that they prefer to just like send out voice messages. It's already like the change in the behavior is already here. I think it's a matter of time of uh, SMS also starting to starting to catch up on all those changes. Yeah, it was a little Orwellian first time I saw one of my friends like talk out a text message like capital o k we space will space get space to space pizzas period <laughs> smiley face send like okay all right also what's really interesting when uh, a couple of years i uh, used to like did a semester abroad in spain there 
people almost never text. Like you'd see people walking on the street and everyone is like either like, you know, type like talking their message or like listening really loud their own message. It was, for me, it was really funny because uh, at that time I used to be like, I lived in Germany where like people were, you know, like normally texting to each other. It's like, it's a normal thing, but seeing like it was everywhere. Like every second person, it was like a complete shock. Like how much, uh, how, how different the way of communication can be in short distance, yeah. Yeah, it is, it's also ironic, too, that, like, people are, like, talking out messages to each other. Like, man, this is great. I can just talk into my phone, and then you can talk back and send a message to each other. God, why didn't they think about this before? Meanwhile, you know, that's, that's a phone call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's about also personal time, just because, like, this, this way of communication allows it to um listen to it at your own time like even i i when it's speak with friends i feel a lot of pressure if i have to make a phone call because it's like a true time dedication and now i can send out a message and maybe three hours later i'll be just like okay let's listen to what they said maybe answer maybe answer in a week i think that's the um, this is where uh the voice uh, voice messages actually shine <laughs> yeah you know i <laughs> i've had i've had a sales job and it was like largely like phone calls and i was um, selling uh luxury watches to people who can afford them so we had we were more compelled to call because it was more of the personal touch but it was also a lot more panic inducing because we call these people and like Ego comes through a lot more vocally than it does uh, audibly. I haven't told this story in a while, but there was one person who was like expecting his watch to be delivered on a certain day and it didn't show up. So he calls and and, and he's like, you understand that I could order a pizza and I and they'll give me a GPS tracking and I could see where my pizza is, but I don't know where my watch is. Oh, guess I'm going to be a prisoner in my own home. I'm like, you know what? That was pretty funny. I'm actually glad that uh, I got to, I got to hear that one as opposed to like uh, coming through in text messaging. So, I will say, uh, you know, uh, listening to uh, some of your opinion on this, I, I I think that some companies have been working towards this. You see a lot of aggregation in say like um, in the email sector. It's like Google will allow people to connect other emails together. I have like 12 email addresses from all the different ventures and you know uh, my own websites uh, that I run outside of uh, Debutify. I've like two or three like main email addresses and to to aggregate all of those into one spot is convenient and it saves a lot of time and that is one thing i would like to see is like a, like a full-on um communications aggregator that tries to aggregate everything um so it tries to aggregate tiktoks it tries to aggregate text messages it tries to aggregate aggregate emails and so i would have this one-stop shop where i would check everything okay now I look at a tiktok Next thing, read a text message. It does like shift my the gears in my brain a little bit, but the variety of that, I think it would be, I, I think there's a lot of potential in that. So um, for those of you, uh, take a 1% finder's fee on that, but uh, feel free to take the idea and run. Uh, funny that you mentioned that because before starting uh, like starting that uh, SMS bump, this was actually my thing. Like I, I was sure that at some point we're going to have a one-stop shop, one platform where you can check all the uh, different social medias, all, answer all the messages, like all the pictures you want to like, but it's all going to be one platform. Because right now, like even with three platforms and sometimes I'm like, like if, you know, if it was a one place where everything was feeded, I would have preferred it even more, and I definitely do agree with you. Like, let's uh, let's see who's gonna, you know, uh, be faster than us than developing it. But I also definitely see it happening. 
Yeah, I mean, there there is one downside to it, which is a lot of these platforms do rely on advertising. And so if they can't advertise through this other platform, I can see there being an issue. But, you know, I, I you know, we, we just want to make things more efficient and not less efficient, uh, especially here. Uh, I don't know what the tax rate is uh, is over where you are, because I don't actually know where you are. But the tax rate over here in Canada is a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, all right, guess I got to work so I can pay for other people to have trolls on CBC. All right. That got I got way too political. So um, the last thing I'm, I'm curious about is I don't really get to well I, when I joined the industry at large, courtesy of Eddie Beautify, from which I am uh, eternally grateful. It was during lockdown, so I haven't had a chance to like be a, go physically do anything. Not that I assume that they're gonna send me to conventions afterwards. I feel like I'd have to pay for my own ticket. But I, w- I would love to hear about some of um, the in-person experiences that you've had. Like, what are some of like the standout conventions that um, helps shape your your view of the industry at large? Yeah. So um, to be honest, I'm also not the expert in uh, conventions. I've been to maybe three. Uh, also, the well, three more than mine. So we'll take yeah, it. Like, okay, I but it's like. Um, Two of them were really different. So the first, the very first one that I went to was the affiliate world in Asia. Like I think it was in Thailand, if I'm not mistaken. And there it was certainly different, like really different than what I've imagined it. It was mostly about, uh, you know, all affiliate marketing, like you see a lot of dropshippers, a lot of agency, a lot of those traffic driving sites. And I'm not really sure about the right uh, wording about it. But for me, what was really interesting is um, how male first it was. Like there were almost no women in the industry. I was like, what, what's what's happening? Like I was really shocked. Like for me, it was like a, really something of a realization. Like that, like you know, all the affiliates and everything. It's like kind of male owned business. I I'm not saying that everyone has the expectations of men being whatever, women being whatever. It was just like I think it's like also something that that maybe. Just occurs uh, naturally, and for me this was uh, like the first impression. But what I really loved even there is like everyone was just like curious and like super friendly. I think it's uh, like we get to be in one of the most friendly industries that I ever be. Like even if you're a competitor with someone, it's just like just talk and like share different views and like not really like the market is so big that you realize that everyone has their own niche. Everyone specializes in something, and like there's always a reason why why customers choose you or other customers choose the competitors. So like, I think everyone realizes that no one is like, you know, trying to play dirty and so, some things like that. Mm-hmm. And the other uh, convention I really enjoyed was actually just before the lockdown. Uh, it was for the Shopify pursuit event in um, Amsterdam, uh, where I actually got to experience the Shopify ecosystem like much closer and um, there i also like i just loved it i I was thinking like okay i i'm really in the most friendly and innovative industry i could be like everyone to talk to everyone you you know things like ego or position or you know how big your business is no one cares like no if you're just like a three people startup or a huge company working with mid-market customers like everyone just like talk to everyone be super friendly you also don't have those you know all those like I call it penguin events where everyone is dressed in suits and ties. Like everyone is just like really casual and like down to earth. I, I loved it. It's uh, it was, um, it's a great more industry to work in. So mm-hmm. after, after COVID definitely you should, uh, try some of the conventions. Uh, here's hoping I'd, uh, I- 
I, I really would uh, be happy to, to go to. And I, I, I will say too, is that like a lot of my like technical concerns with like if the power went out or something like that, a lot of that was just based on like, you know, a lot of people have really valuable time and I don't want to uh, cost them time. And then uh, the, <laughs> I remember which episode it was too. It was uh, the ecom uh, wizard, uh, Otis Coleman. Uh, the power goes out like 10 minutes into the episode. Uh, I'm like desperately trying to like get in touch with him, let him know I'm coming back. I come back on and he was like so chill about it. And I think the reasoning is that like this is, as you say, it's one of the most, if not the most um, innovative industries. And it's constantly at the cutting edge of you know, the world. I don't, I don't know how to, how to better characterize it. And that incurs a lot of risk. And so I think there's a lot of empathy. Like a lot of people understand that there's a lot of failure and there has been a lot of mistakes. I think if you, not to draw, not to like uh, castigate any particular other industry, but because a lot of other industries are f already formalized when people enter into it, um, a lot of the, that work is, is done for them. So they don't have to do as much like personal initiative. So the, the loss isn't quite as, as noticeable. You'll find that like the more risks there are, the more people develop empathy and want to help other people succeed because everybody wants to be a part of a better industry. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I think that's that I couldn't even have said it better. It's a really good example. Also with like what you said with artists, it's just like, people are really empathetic and like just genuinely want to help you. Like it's when share their experience and like, you know, they're really open to also feedback and all those things. It's a, uh, it's really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the best ways to help yourself is to help others. It, it, it'll, it'll come back to you in the long run. I think that's everything. Um, certainly everything that I had to, uh, uh, to go through for sure. Um, so I think at this point, I'm just going to uh, say thank you so much for your time. And um, if you haven't, usually what I like to do is if you have any uh, parting advice or wisdom or anything just general like to share with people, um, especially because a lot of our audience are people who are just waiting for that one little nugget of inspiration to like, uh, to get into it. Um, anything along those lines, feel free to share and then let the, uh, let the audience know, I guess two things in this case, if they, if you're a producer of any content, uh, how maybe they can uh, check out some of what you do and then also how to get involved or, uh, even sign up with a SMS bump altogether. Uh, so last piece of advice is to start with this. I would, uh, I would always advise people to just be bold and test things out. There is not, not like it costs you literally nothing. Like with SMS uh, marketing uh, or with everything in your life, so just like give it a try, see if it works. If it um, like if it doesn't, well, there are thousands more other channels to reach your customers. But if it does, just like you know, uh, there there are enough resources out there to help you. you know to help you be an expert in that. There are a lot of great people talking about SMS marketing about in general marketing that can help, but really don't be scared to try it out. It, it costs nothing. It uh, takes less than five minutes to set up your marketing uh, properly. So it's uh, just give it a try. There is no wrong. Just don't spam people. That's my, you know, my true notice. Uh, try not to spam people. Be mindful of their personal space. Uh, and in terms of like the content we're producing and like how to reach us, you can reach it uh, if you if you have some questions about SMS marketing or whatever. You can always reach out directly to me, Elena at smsbomb.com. Uh, but also uh, check out our YouTube uh, channel. We are really trying to 
constantly uh, uh, dig it up with a lot of webinars, a lot of uh, talks and like short really uh, videos on how to use SMS marketing, how to use SMS bump as well. So I think that would be the most efficient uh, way to learn more about us and what we do. Excellent. Um, uh, well, audience, uh, you'll notice that I've gotten to the habit of saying audience now because of listeners, because you know, we're, we, we're like about six episodes into our new video format. Um, so as always, uh, thank you for your time and your engagement. Uh, if you want to engage further, you know what to do. So I trust your discernment. And that's everything. Uh, take care and we will check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you. So whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at Debutify.com. Or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.